we're going. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Thank God you're all here. Welcome back again to the Straight Love Podcast, the podcast where uh, two handsome fellows tickle each other's eardrums with their hot, buttery voices. That's, uh, uh, that's, that's... Like movie theater popcorn. Yeah. Happy Pride, Jim. Happy Pride, Derek. Yeah, right on, man. Were you at the Were you at the uh, Were you at the parade over the weekend? No, no, you weren't on the float. Nope. No. Have you ever been to the parade? Have I? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. I used to live downtown. Right? Yeah, that's so all right. I had yeah, to do yeah. was just walk outside three steps, and I'm like, "Hey, I'm at a parade." That's I'm a in good... the parade. <laughs> I'm in the parade. I didn't even see this coming. Yeah, that is one of the benefits of of, of living downtown. There's uh, you know just parades that happen once in a while. Santa Claus parade, fucking a, I'm there. I don't know if I've actually you've ever been to the Santa Claus parade. Yeah, I don't think that you would go unless you lived downtown or actually had a kid. Yeah, because who wants to? Hey, hey, wow. Segway that is. Yeah, oh even God. when we're not segwaying, we're segwaying. <laughs> Speaking of kid, yeah, I'm uh, I'm officially a father. Um, you know, Darth Vader's got nothing on me. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, surreal, man. Surreal. It's uh, it's happening. It's it's happened. You know, it happened Friday or Friday night at eight thirty four p.m. Kensington Raya Paulson made her appearance in this world. Her um, with a, with a full head of hair came in face down and uh, ass up. It was quite something. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> Look, man. I, I I will say this: the people at the at the women's hospital here in Winnipeg. I, I, I can't even I can't even explain to you how grateful I am that first of all we have that yeah. that hospital here in the city and it's staffed by just absolutely incredible people like yeah. incredible like from the moment we walked through that door we were taken care of uh, they just they 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 have so much they're so motivational and they're so kind and I mean like the way that they were treating Milady there holy smokes man it was which it was says a lot something. because I mean that's what they do every day all day. And exactly. I think just the way that the human mind works and sort of emotion is that it's easy to get desensitized towards things and just, and you know, routine and totally by rote and to still have that ability to be a real caregiver and to, yes, you know, show compassion and show concern and to show investment and all that. Like that so for sure people, says man. a lot for it really those, does. those people that work there. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. I couldn't believe, like when I was in that operating room, man, they, again, it was just, it was filled with doctors and because our, our, our baby didn't want to come out and despite four hours of pushing, she just figured, you know, she liked the womb too much. So we went into an operating room and the, uh, the doctors used a, uh, one of those vacuum things to suck her out by her head while uh, she was getting pushed out. And just to watch the way that the, that they all kind of work together the nonverbal cues, like I said, poetry in mm. motion, man. Amazing. And w- one of the things that kind of impressed me the most is that as soon as this doctor was done stitching um, Bell up because she tore, you know, to pieces kind of thing, it was a disaster zone, um, like like literally last stitch and then her radio goes off and they're like emergency in huh. whatever section B. And she literally went running out of there. Wow. And I thought to myself, I don't know... Like I wouldn't be op- able to operate in that kind of an environment of of stress. Yeah. But it dawned on me that there's some people that just fucking thrive yeah. in that kind of environment, you know. Yeah. And when you see it, and you're like, oh, that looks horrible. And then for them, they're like, no, like this is this is this is the way that I like to operate. And kudos because mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely takes a certain type of person to be able to do that. And there's lots of uh, lots of professions that you have to have 
very different, very big emotional and mental capacity. Yes. And it's pretty amazing. Well, I've heard that even people with ADHD sometimes thrive in those kinds of environments where it's just, you don't have time to be distracted because you're so in the zone yeah. and then boom, you're right on to the next thing. And you're just constantly, Interesting. I guess, being stimulated in that way or, or kind yeah. of, you know, able, well, able to shift focus uh, yeah. quickly and in, in, in a more conducive way or whatever it is. Interesting. Yeah. And so how do you feel? It's only been a couple of days, I guess, but yeah, I, it, you know what, man, I feel like I, I wouldn't say that I feel, you know, what's weird, man, is that I don't feel like a dad yet. You know, like you see a dad, you see a dad out at the, at a restaurant, you know, like a Montana's or something like that. <laughs> he's got his fanny pack on and like a dad hat and you're like, that's a dad right there. Yeah. You know, like he's got Crocs. You're like that, that guy, he's, he's given some advice and he's yeah. had a lot of sleepless nights and he's brought home the bacon. I'm certainly far from that. So it's hard for me to kind of wrap my head around the fact that I have a daughter, but I mean, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty euphoric to kind of hold them and look at them and be like, yeah, I mean, you're kind of a, you're a part of me now, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I think that there's, um, I don't know, there's a lot to look forward to. That's for sure. Yeah. It's only been a, a, a couple of days, but it's, it's shocking that. Uh, such a little person has the kind of lung capacity to <laughs> scream and cry and yell for the amount of hours that she seems to be putting in right now. Maybe she's going to be a singer. See, again, man, you know, you just have these optimistic ways of looking at things. Super it's, impressive. It's a gift. Yeah. She's got those, she's got those opera lungs. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, okay. awesome, man. Congratulations. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. Wonderful. I look forward to meeting her. Yeah, I, I look forward to introducing you to mm -hmm. her. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'll throw in one of those, uh, you know, I'll strap her to me in one of those apparatuses. and Yeah, whatever works, yeah. man. Yeah, I'm excited. Right on. All right, well, in the in the spirit of hastiness, so you can get <laughs> back to... Uh, yeah, our series here on Greek love. Your new little buddy. Do you know what... Um, now, if you were to, and you're probably going to end up cutting a lot of this out, but uh, if you were to guess, Jim, if you were on a website um, and you saw somebody say that they speak Greek, what would you assume that they were referring to if they were a sex worker? I have no idea. Do you want to? Do you want to guess? I speak Greek, but it's extra. <laughs> that helped me less i think <laughs> i speak greek but it's extra and they and they're a sex worker yep so it's something that's on the menu i speak greek <laughs> but it's extra <laughs> um holy smokes i have no idea anal sex anal sex was what we were looking for <laughs> anal sex what is what is uh why i don't know i don't know oh. we could look into that but it's like you speak greek well and you know and this how i don't know how i came across that to be honest with you yeah, it certainly wasn't response, because of uh -huh. <laughs> yeah sure yep. so that was a neat bit of trivia <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay so uh back to the four-part series so if this is the first time that you're that you're joining us here for the past um Two episodes, Jim and I have been going through the eight different types of love according to the ancient Greeks. Uh, we passed through the first four, uh, those of course being Eros, 
Philia, Storge, and Ludus. So those have all been covered so far. And today, Jim, what are we moving on to? Number five. Which is? Mania. Mania. Or obsessive love. That sounds manic. All right, you know what? Cut that out. You cut it out. (laughs) Do I look like Dave Coulier to you? (laughs) People will get that. I hope so. Who doesn't love a good Dave Coulier reference? Yeah. I I actually don't really. He's still relevant, right? (laughs) All right. Give her. Mania love is the type of love that leads a partner into a type of madness and obsessiveness. Mm -hmm. It occurs when there is an imbalance between Eros and Ludus. Two that we've already covered. Yep. To those who experience mania, love itself is a means of rescuing themselves. Oh. That's interesting. Yeah, it is. A reinforcement of their own value as the sufferer of poor self-esteem. God damn, okay. This person wants to love and be loved to find a sense of self-value. Because of this, they can become possessive and jealous lovers, feeling as though they desperately need their partners. Okay, so let's stop there. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, man. Okay, so I just can't believe that something like this can asso- can be associated with love. I can. I, I, I can and I can't, you know, because when you think of love, you don't think, like this all seems very, um, almost dangerous. I agree. I think it's misdirected. Okay, but it's still love. Uh, yeah. Um, I really wish I could think of something analogous to this that would kind of paint a picture of what my thoughts are toward it, but it makes sense. I mean, it, it totally, totally makes sense. It's a perception of love. It's, I mean, this is not anything I don't think that anyone's familiar with because it's certainly a case where people just, they want to feel love. They feel value in being loved. They don't feel um, like they matter or they count or they're worthwhile unless someone else loves them. Uh, I imagine that this is, well, it says it in and of itself, sufferer of poor self-esteem. This is certainly someone that probably is pretty far from the concept of self-love. Yes. um, Because if that were the case, you wouldn't be searching for it on the outside. Um, And it definitely, I mean, I think at some point in our lives, we've all come across that person. I know I have where they've always been in a relationship, right? Like they don't find value they don't find meaning they don't find existence without being in a partnership being with someone because why else would you be relevant Hmm. if it weren't for someone else wanting you or loving you right yeah so it you know this 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 whole idea of of madness and obsessiveness do you think that this crosses over into stalkerish kind of behavior I'm sure it probably can. I mean, uh, it's... Because it does kind of say, still say desperately need their partners. But I mean, there's some people who exhibit this kind of stockish behavior where they're so obsessed with someone and so invested in this person, sometimes that they've never met, that they've, that they've developed in their own mind that they are, act, are actually in a relationship with that person. Have you heard of those kinds of things before, man? Like Taylor Swift has these stalkers and they'll show up to court and they're like, you know, all I need to do is talk to Taylor and she'll be able to understand because her and I have this, you know, an unbreakable bond where it's just you've, you've created this reality for yourself that just doesn't exist outside of you. Yeah, that's, I'm, I'm, that's certainly a thing that happens. I don't know if this is, I mean, I imagine this is probably a bit of a outlier of that. I, I think this is more speaking to you know, an actual situation where people have that 
codependency on another person. And it's interesting because it's, I imagine that it doesn't even matter kind of who the person is necessarily because it's more the feeling that you're getting, right? Similar to an addiction. Okay. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, because one, it's not really love in the wholesome kind of um, growth kind of evolutionary way that really fills your heart kind of type of love. Mm -hmm. And so therefore to attach these feelings of, well, this is the only person for me or I can't live without this person. Obviously that carries no merit whatsoever because it's not based upon anything, right? Like it's based upon some sort of this addiction, you know, obsessiveness and whatnot. So there's not even any foundational grounds in it, which is why I say it doesn't really even matter probably who the person is. It's just that feeling that it creates. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, there's there's people that, um, that they can't even, they can't, they can't cope with the idea of losing that person. You know, if a relationship comes to an end right. and they're so obsessed with them, they threaten to kill themselves. They're just like, it seems, I don't know. Which I, I think maybe in lots of instances or some instances or maybe no instances, it's probably not the thought of losing that person. It's the thought of being alone. Yeah. Yeah. Because, right? yeah, because you're, you're completely void of whatever you think love is, yeah. is at that point in time. Going back again to this theory about how, I don't even know if it matters who the person is. We'll finish it off there and see what it says. If the other partner fails to reciprocate with the same kind of mania love, many issues prevail. That's kind of interesting. This is why mania can often lead to issues such as codependency. There we go. So it's saying that if the other person doesn't have that obsessiveness, hmm, then it's a problem. But it seems like that is the problem. That is the problem, (laughs) right? Yeah. Double entendre. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Mania. Yeah. Number six. Pragma or enduring love. So pragma is a love that has aged, matured, and developed over time. It is beyond the physical. It has transcended the casual and it is unique harmony that is formed over time. So, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, people that have been married for 60 years. Yeah. I mean, I I don't think that's a given, but. No, of course. But it's, it's something that's just, you know. Like my my mom used to tell me stories about how like she she we she used to have a dog that was one of those St. John's ambulance oh, dogs. Yeah. yeah. So it was like a therapy dog. You would take she would take them to old folks' homes and she would bring them to the guests there or the people that lived there and they would be able to interact and it was like the highlight of their day. <clears throat> and she said that she would see these old couples together, you know, and sometimes she would see them alone and, you know, interact with them and they were just so kind of concerned about the other person like you know where's my wife you can't wait to see there's this one guy i think his name was harold or something like that and you know they would wheel in his wife they would sit together he would play the harmonica for her and then she would light up like a christmas tree and it was like this love that endured over time grew over time or like matured over time and it was just i don't know like to be in in, in the presence of something like that and witness it mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to get that unless you have that longevity i don't think mm-hmm yeah, I, I hear you, man. Also, I, I do wonder a lot about those things. Like, I, I do wonder... Because me, I, I think I've developed a perspective that love really starts with yourself. Sure. And and it takes uh, an immense amount of awareness and consciousness to really cultivate love. I think the way that supports your evolution as a person. Mm-hmm. I think that supports 
building consciousness uh, as as like beings coexisting um, and truthfully I don't know if that's a really common thing the, the, the longevity in marriages well the the cultivation of love in that manner of which I was describing oh sorry okay you know yes. like that story which you shared which I'm not trying to diminish whatsoever but me that's for and maybe this is something I need to work out with myself but I I hear that story and I'm kind of like maybe that's a lot of codependency there you just so used to being with someone for so long that that's your sort of now instinctual response I mean it could be a very broad you know there could be a lot to it more than just that it could be that you know enduring and evolutionary yep. it could be all of those types of things but can we say that there are examples of codependency that are actually like if it's working and in, in the, in the example that I just gave, for instance, um, and you know, there's so many different examples of people where they're, they're been together again, 70 years, 60 years, they're on their deathbed. One of them dies 20, 10 minutes later, the other one does right. because they're so invested in each other. Yeah. If that's working for them and they're happy. Great. What's wrong with codependency? Not that's at right. all. Nothing yeah. at all. Yeah, I agree. It's just, again, it's, it's where you are thriving at your level of awareness. Now right. there's some, I mean, that's a bit touch and go because, you know, you don't want to be, someone can't say, well, I'm, you know, I'm the best gosh darn drug dealer on this block. <laughs> I'm thriving. You know what I mean? I'm not really sure that that's, you know, building yourself evolutionarily and, and, and your character and whatnot. So, but in, in an instance like this, sure. To your point. Yeah. It's not a, it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah. 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 So Funnily enough, it does go on to say you can find pragma in married couples who've been together for a long time or in friendships that have endured for decades. Unfortunately, pragma is a type of love that is not easily found. Huh. Okay. We spend so much time and maybe that's why, you know, you hear about these couples that have those kinds of examples that are so revered, right? Because they are potentially, I guess, very rare. Unfortunately, pragma is a type of love that's not easily found. We spend so much time and energy trying to find love and so little time in learning how to maintain it. Unlike other types of love, pragma is the result of effort on both sides. It's the love between people who've learned to make compromises, have demonstrated patience and tolerance to make a relationship work. So with the fast food way that people kind of date each other nowadays with these different apps and all that kind of thing and swipe on to the next, it, it seems like pragma is becoming more and more, well, certainly, you know, as time goes on, becomes more and more rare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So pragma might cease to exist and these will go down to seven at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it kind of speaks to a little bit of what I was saying earlier is that I think really that true, sort of what I'd like to believe is pragma in my mind of enduring love. It's really, you know, a person who fully loves themselves and another person that fully loves themselves, and they're bringing a hundred percent of themselves to the relationship for 200%, oh, not 50, 50 I like that. to get to a hundred, you know, Very good, yeah. and I know for it, I mean, I'm sure it's still the case today and, uh, was for, many, many years is for many, many years has been that people join forces together because it made, you know, there's like economic sense to yeah. it and, and just, you know, like companionship and not, not being alone. And 
but what you just read sort of speaks to that about, you know, like maintaining it, not mm-hmm. just finding it, but maintaining it. And yeah. I think maintaining it really speaks to what you're doing for yourself with yourself as well as with your partner and continuing to grow together and continuing yeah. to give that hundred percent apiece. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's pragma. Pragma. We got two, we got two left. So one more episode of this. I've been enjoying this series, man. I feel like I'm actually learning a lot here. Yeah, me too. It's, uh, it's broadening my, uh, scope of this. It, it's nice to have this, this full understanding of just the different ways that love can be, interpreted and 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 kind of demonstrated in people's lives you know when we think about love it's not just one thing it's so many different things it is exactly it makes me think of how you know we all have different personalities depending upon what circumstance we're in depending upon who we're with totally upon what the task is right and it's not like you're you can be genuine and authentic in all those scenarios, much like how you can have genuine and authentic love and that are, have a lot of different complexions. It's not all the same, right? Bingo, brother. Yeah. Bingo was this name. All right. We're going to wrap it up there. Yeah. Kenny P. Daddy loves you. If you're listening, she barely has ears, man. She's not listening. The cutest little ears. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We love you to bits and pieces. Love, love you, Jimmy. Love you, man. Love you all. Bye, Bye-bye. Everybody.